Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other platform, you could leave us a nice rating and review. Please take a few moments to do that. It goes a long way to support this podcast. Thanks to those of you who've already done that. Uh, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, let's go ahead and start breaking down the Monday slate, Mario. Nine games scheduled Monday, April 24th, uh, but Eight games likely to play, at least at this point. We're recording around lunchtime on the East Coast here on this uh, Monday morning in Madison. And it looks like the Baltimore-Tampa Bay game is in serious danger of being rained out. The early models are not favorable. By the time this recording is heard, it's possible that we'll have an official postponement of that game. Even if we don't, uh, it seems like the early forecasts are suggesting lengthy delays and a lot of hazardous weather at Camden Yards yeah and for me this is an easy fade anyway like I don't really want to deal with trying to pick batters against Archer and then Tampa Bay I don't know Ubaldo is vulnerable I guess but uh I was mostly looking at the others the other um like the Coors and Arizona those kinds of matchups rather than this one anyway so I'm just kind of skipping it yeah I think that was one where matchup wise Archer against the Orioles on today's slate would have been in play for me, but hitters against him, not really something I do. I don't really mess with Ubaldo no. at all. I don't use him. Nope. I don't usually put hitters up against him because he he's my kryptonite. Like I can't get a read on what he's going to do with any sort of success. That's uh yeah, that we were talking a little bit on the show, but that's the same thing for Miguel Gonzalez for me at this point. Like I, I will target those guys if if I'm you know, if things line up right, but I'm I'm not like hooting and and hollering about how excited i am to do it you should mm-hmm. hoot and holler more often uh, at the top of the board price wise zach grinke ten thousand dollars tonight home against the padres the padres of course have a pretty anemic offense grinke has pitched well early on this season has he pitched well enough for you to trust him in his home starts i mean the, the matchup is certainly a good one last year chase field was not kind to grinke uh, when he left the ball up it was punished seems like he's kind of righted the ship to start things off through his first four starts right and like we reasoned through on the show um it's not really so much are you bought are you bought in fully to him pitching in the stadium it's like can you really convince yourself you'd rather go with Liriano or something like that? Which, after after we talked about it, I'm I'm I've concluded that for me, 
only two pitchers I have in play are Granky and Vargas. Um, it's just there's just so much blow up potential with like all of these guys, uh, but especially everybody but those two. I think again, that's just presuming uh, the the Tampa Baltimore game doesn't go because Archer's uh, pretty great, obviously as, as, as dangerous as a matchup. But that is, yeah, I'm kind of crossing Archer off unless we get some surprisingly good news later in the day. Uh, Jason Vargas, though, 8,500 going up against the White Sox. Lariano, 8,400 going up against the Angels. Both of those guys are on the road. Vargas has been killing it early on this season. I still don't quite understand it. Part of it's the the way he's pitching. It's not so much the arsenal that much. The knuckle curve grip changed in the last couple of years. Uh, I think he scrapped a cutter a few years back as well. Injuries have made it really complicated to get a feel for just how different he really is, but Paul Spore at Fangraphs had a really good piece about what Vargas is doing differently to attack hitters, and it's really more about location than anything else. Okay, do, do you recall what he said about that? I'm just, I, I'll look it up later. I think I'm he was, if I remember correctly, and don't don't kill me if I'm wrong. I think Vargas is working inside more often than outside, and he used to be the opposite. Hmm. I guess that that's preferable anyway, but. uh yeah, his velocity is like lower than ever. Just doesn't seem to matter. Um, but it, again, it's like I'm not even like sold on Vargas today. Kind of the opposite. But uh, when when you look at some of these other guys, like, it's just a just a bunch of jokers today. I don't know. Yeah, it, no, it really is. And it comes down to which pitcher are you least fearful of? Yep. Uh, so for Vargas me, Liriano. I mean, like this seems like a good spot for him, but every time I trust Liriano, I seem to get that wrong. He's probably too. not going to get help from his bats. The, the lineup behind him right now is just a mess, so that's a concern. The Angels have a few big righties that can do damage. They're actually favored in that one. Yeah, with Chavez. I, I, I don't. I don't like the setup much for Liriano today. You go down to the next tier. Amir Garrett is the fifth most expensive pitcher on the board today. He's mixing all three of his pitches really well. He's looked great early on, but he has to go into Milwaukee and take on a Brewers team that has plenty of thump from the right side. To show how bad this slate is pitchers wise, uh, again, this is considered this is assuming that Archer isn't in. I'm very I'm probably gonna stack a bit against Garrett a little bit, like Domingo, maybe a couple other Brewers. And yet he's number three on the slate for me. So um he's he's so good as a as a talent that like yeah he he could do well here but he's he's had some lucky bounces so far and the brewers are just a dangerous group of bats generally and it's in that stadium obviously so i'm not going to be picking him but yeah he's like number i have him over liriano i think just because uh he's he's like the better player at this point brewers have a 389 team woba against lefties early this season so that's a great spot for them potentially the only issue is you know garrett's been on fire so it's gonna be an interesting matchup nonetheless uh so i'm i'm more inclined to fade garrett and actually play a few brewers hitters against him than i am to play him at this point we'll see if that feeling changes over the next six hours or so uh brett anderson 7500 going on the road to pittsburgh i don't really like that i think the possibility of a short start is always kind of looming for me with anderson uh, Miguel Gonzalez home against Jason Vargas in the Royals. I, I just I never get a good read on him. Hinjin Ryu at seventy two hundred against the Giants makes some sense if you want to go a little cheaper. He's giving up so many homers. He doesn't seem. I mean, he, his game is not like velocity or anything. So it's, I, I don't think it's like a physical issue. But whatever it is, rhythm, it doesn't seem like it's there. Yeah, it's he's he's just not great right now, and that's part of the problem. 
Uh, Ricky Nolasco is 7,100. It's going to be Chavez, though, instead. So Nolasco. Wait, is it? Are we sure? I think, yeah, they made a change. They pushed Nolasco back. So Nolasco shows up in the FanDuel list, but Jesse Chavez is supposed to start that game for the Halos. Hmm. Uh, Kane and Chad Cool, 7,000, 6,900, respectively. Is Chavez like a GPP consideration against those miserable Toronto bats? Could be. I mean, they are they are favored for what it's worth. Um, in, in a big field GPP, I could see that as your alternative, like your second or third lineup, just not your primary. Right. Yeah, I guess he might be number four for me. Uh, he had a couple nice years with Oakland a few years ago. I don't know if, if that was just luck, but uh, I don't know. This is a bad pitcher slate, and he's, he's doing eight Ks per nine the last two years. So I don't know. I guess I might do that. I might do that. Chad Cool gets the Cubs at home at PNC, but it's the Cubs. I just I don't use pitchers going up against them. He's not a strikeout guy, and he's going into a buzzsaw. Yeah, it's too risky. Uh, Ubaldo talked about him before. Chasine on the road is a target. Uh, Garza at home against the Reds, I think, is a target. Yeah, Martin Perez against the Twins is something I don't like. Phil Hughes on the other side of that matchup against the Rangers is a target. And then Tyler Anderson at 5,500 hasn't been pitching well. I think, obviously, at Coors Field, he'd be a target as well. So there's a lot of guys that you want to use hitters against and just so few options that maybe a Jesse Chavez comes up higher than expected. But I think it's just granky or bust for me. Unless unless the weather changes in Baltimore. If the weather gets better, I'm on Archer at 9,500. I'm still scared of of those Baltimore bats. They're better against righties than lefties. Um, But yeah, Archer's a great player, obviously. For me, it's it's Granky and Vargas, and I just talked myself into Chavez as the GPP uh, third option. Gross, just just gross. I'm excited. Uh, moving on now to some of the bats. We talked about the, the stacks a moment ago briefly. I mean, stacking Rangers makes sense. Maybe stacking some Brewers could make some sense. A lot of bats. That look uh, good. You know, Rockies, Nats, of course. People are going to try to load up on them as much as they can. Uh, Arizona hitters against Chasin also makes a lot of sense uh twins even perhaps going against martin perez uh but looking a little further down i think you can find one more stacking option that's pretty intriguing kind of stumbled on this one during the xm show the dodgers are very affordably priced because they're going into san francisco the park factors are not favorable for left-handed home runs early forecasts do have the wind blowing out today in san francisco so you get a discount on a guy like Corey seager Adrian Gonzalez is very affordable, too, even though I'm not crazy about him. Mm. But you can get a handful of Dodgers mixed in at lower-than-usual prices today going up against Matt Cain, who's been very homer-prone over these last couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we know, is Jock Peterson going to miss time? Day-to-day, I think, with that groin okay. strain. I guess that hurts their projection if he's out today. But as far as Grandal and uh, Seager go specifically, very affordable, and I, th- I think they've got pretty good homer odds in each case. 2800 for Grandal. It's better against righties than lefties, and, and Kane is is a kind of a turkey as far as righties go. Then at uh, thirty three hundred for Seager, I mean, I know it's a bad stadium, but his his righty splits are just vicious, and and Kane is again an easy target for a guy like that. I think. Um, so yeah, I'll probably be going with a good amount of those two, um, and then I figure they'll be pretty lowly owned given the Coors game. So what do you think about stacking Cubs today too? Because this could be one of those days where. The park kind of weighs it down a bit like it'll the be Dodgers. low ownership for how good they are it's just is it really today that you want to try that kind of try to push your luck on something like that today when there's all these other high scoring 
probably high scoring games like I, I just wouldn't want to try with the cubs before i would try with the you know the rangers or something no, who, who are probably like fourth in line behind uh both of the Coors teams in Arizona. It, it seems unusual that you could name off five or six stacks that you like better than the Cubs, but I think that's the case even with a, a smaller kind of mid-range size slate. So ownership will be low for whatever it's worth for people considering that. Let's take a look at the catcher position. You mentioned his money Grandal before, someone that you like uh, quite a bit in that matchup against Matt Cain. I think Posey, if you can afford it, if you go with one of those cheap pitchers we talked about, uh, Posey against the lefty and Hinjin Ryu at 3700 always makes a lot of sense yeah uh dustin garneau if he catches is 3100 tony walters is 3000 so the colorado catcher could be the way to go i think walters is the lefty is more likely to get the nod given that it's a righty for what it's turner yeah for what it's worth if it's not walters i I know it was a small sample because he doesn't hasn't been in the majors much but garneau's actually been competent against righties and and the early sample actually better than against lefties it's cheap cores exposure regardless of of who is, is getting that opportunity uh, Matt Weeder is only twenty nine hundred, and uh, hmm. Jose Lobatone is three thousand. So the Nats catcher situation is worth monitoring today too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I almost yeah. I wonder if that uh that Baltimore hat in his photo is going to make people just scroll past him. Um, <laughs> but uh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, Weeders. I didn't uh, I didn't notice him before. That's that's what I did. To be clear, I I just I was like, yeah, he's for Baltimore. They're not going to play. Um, so Weeders makes a lot of sense. I think there's there's a couple other options too. Uh, whoever catches for Milwaukee today, I like as a tournament option. And um, longer shot, Chris Herman, if he's in. 2200 uh, that's always like if he's playing and it's home especially against the righty yeah chris herman is in the mix uh i don't remember i gotta look and see what they've done with granky on the mound so far if it's yeah i don't know any i have no clue he might be that that low because it's not likely that he plays but if he does uh you know outfield whatever i don't care the name lefty against chessine the other name i like is uh jonathan lucroy 2900 against phil hughes i think that's probably my favorite play overall but i agree with you on the brewers catchers as well as being viable options manny pina has been better than i ever could have imagined as a hitter so far defensively he's got a cannon for an arm he's been throwing runners out yeah he's had a couple times I the thought they were getting. I thought that like Nelson was getting run on yesterday, and Pena just like wasn't getting anybody. He was gunning guys down who were taking uh, excessive leads off of second. He was throwing down to second to get runners going back. Huh? Yeah. What? Why was he in AAA? Like if he's if he's that good defensively? I don't know. I I I think he's worked on it. Maybe he's always had the strong arm, but the receiving skills weren't good. I hmm. I, I wish yeah, I knew a little bat, more about him. The bat seems reliable. He's got a nine game hitting streak right yeah. now too. Uh, bit of a but Bandy there. too. He's he's got some pop at least. So if he's in, uh, yeah, either one. I, I like both of them. Both good pickups by uh, what's his name? Who runs that team? David Stearns, man. He's he's got it going. He's yeah. got the got the team going in the right direction. Uh, looking at first base, I wish the White Sox would let Matt Davidson play. He's kind of been interesting when they've let him play, but Isn't they he aren't doing that. Bad though, probably. Like he's still striking out like Chris Davis levels, and he's or probably more than that, and he's just. Uh, even as far as the power goes it seems like it might be a little bit of a mirage because he was like a guy who would get 20 homers in triple a but at like 600 plate appearances which you know 
when you strike out that much you better be like a 30 guy they should still yeah yeah it's uh, not like they have better options so uh the chalk play of the day on the xm show was joey Votto. i think that's easily one of the best matchups you yeah. can get 4200 in milwaukee against matt garza still think it's zimmerman or reynolds probably that most people go after probably um i, I like Votto better than both he's more expensive so there's that's that, worth but considering, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no reason to avoid the two first basemen going in Colorado. Uh, the punt play for me, I know we've, we've talked about how difficult it is to get a read on Miguel Gonzalez. Brandon Moss is only 2,600, gets a pretty big park boost going into Chicago. Uh, I think when you get the Royals lefties out of Kansas City, they become quite a bit more interesting, and, and Moss is very cheap at that $2,600 price tag. Yeah, I won't be picking him just because I'm kind of low on him as a player and and oddly afraid of miguel gonzalez at this point but uh i certainly hope brandon moss does something because i'm desperate enough to be starting him in a staff keeper too so but yeah i I won't be picking him i'll at first i'll probably go with uh i don't know I'm, i'm i'm definitely in on the zimmerman hype certainly more than reynolds so i'll probably go with zimmerman and Votto. And uh, but I guess you could you know go after Goldschmidt too. With uh, if Chassin melts down, it's probably because Goldschmidt gets in on it. Yeah, Goldschmidt at home uh, always becomes more interesting. Usually it's Goldie against the lefty, but Goldie against Chassin should be Goldie uh, against a righty. He can steal more. I don't know. He, yeah. They're just if if they give up runs, he's probably going to do a lot of that damage. Seems pretty likely. Uh, moving over to second base, you know, lefty lefty for Daniel Murphy at Coors, pretty expensive, but only forty two hundred, which is really not that bad if you go cheap with pitching. If you look at splits, uh, the splits against the handedness of the opposing started pitcher, the leaderboard for today, Murphy among second basemen has the highest OPS, even though it's lefty lefty. He's a nine twenty OPS against lefties going back to the start of last season by comparison he always had average at least against lefties too yeah 540 slug since the start of last year too so maybe a bit contrarian on the surface but i I think he's in the mix if you oh yeah no i i I love him today i mean he's he's the top second base play for me even even with a lot of other good ones like lemay who's a really good play at 3700 uh dozer at 3600 might be the chalkiest just because i mean it's a great matchup first of all and 600 less than murphy when the splits are more conventionally in dozer's favor um he he might be the chalkiest him or odor right like odor's usually popular in a matchup like this and for good reason at uh, 3200 yeah plenty of pop for odor uh 513 slug against righties since the start of last season uh, Brandon Drury at 2600 kind of interesting too if he's in there with a high spot in the order against Chassin. Uh, I like VR going up against Garrett as part of a possible Brewers stack though based on where he hits in the order. Yeah. Only 3000. If you're not playing Zach Grinky, I am, so I can't use Ryan Schimpf, but Ryan Schimpf at 2700 going into Chase Field kind of interesting as well. Yeah, I I won't be picking him, but uh the yeah, he's definitely among the the most powerful at that position. Um yeah, I d- I think I'm going to try to really get a Murphy lineup, though, because it's easy to imagine him being on a, the GPP winners at, at, a, at a uniquely favorable batting situation and, and maybe slightly lowered ownership at being the only over 4,000 second baseman and going against another lefty. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, moving over to third base, you know, David Freeze against the lefty always gets some consideration. Still just 2,500 uh, with that matchup against Brett Anderson. I think the problem is, you know, Pittsburgh as a park really stifles right-handed power, so that takes away some of the intrigue. But the Pirates, by necessity, have to hit freeze pretty high in the order. So 
He's in there if you have to go cheap at third base, but with so many quality options, I mean, Arenado at 4,900, of course, if you can, if you can find the money, go nuts. Uh, he's in play. Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb at 3,900, though, probably the sweet spot in terms of park, matchup, price, and possible production. <coughs> yeah, I figure he might be the, the highest owned, depending on uh, how much money people have for third base. Obviously, Arenado is the gold standard, but... Uh, Jake Lamb is also a very, very nice play and quite a bit cheaper. Um, Miguel Sano, 3,500, going against per, per, uh, yeah, Martin Perez. So I'll, I'm, I'll be thinking hard about Miguel Sano in a spot or two. And otherwise, I uh, guess you could consider uh, Gallo on a tournament play against Hughes. Yeah, Gallo, I mean, he's been showing a ton of power, of course, as you'd expect. Very feast or famine, but... You're looking for the long ball in DFS anyway. Uh, Mike Moustakis against Mike Gonzalez, or Miguel Gonzalez is kind of interesting. 3200 is the price. He gets the park boost I talked about before with Brandon Moss. And the difference between the two especially uh, is that you're not going to necessarily have to uh, worry about where Moustakis is hitting in the lineup. Brandon Moss has been hitting lower in the order at times, as low as 8th recently. So I think that's the one thing that's working against Brandon Moss right now, but it's not impacting Mike Moustakis quite the same way. Uh, sorry, not a retraction quite, but I guess I should mention, uh, it looks like that Texas game has a pretty considerable inward wind. Uh, I guess a lot of these games do, but yeah, 13 miles going inward, it looks like from slightly right field in that game for what it's worth. Um, it, do you have an opinion on that? I don't, I don't know what to make of that exactly. I don't I, have any perspective on what that wind actually means. So... Yeah, blowing in from left is one of the forecasts I've seen at like 15 miles per hour. I think that's enough. At 15 miles per hour, that's enough to significantly impact the flight of the ball. So okay. if, if that's holding up closer to game time, my interest in, in the Hughes targeting goes down and Perez targeting as well. Okay. Um, I think it's even more problematic for a righty. If the wind is blowing in from left field and you want a, a pull power righty to go deep, that's not going to happen. It's more yeah, likely the, the lefty would pull a ball the, down the, the right field line. The FanDuel one. Problem. The FanDuel one is showing it coming in like that. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Kevin Roth Roto Grinders. Okay. Uh, right so up. it's a matter of interpretation. We don't we don't know how that's going to go. But man, I wish I wish that wind wasn't there because I got really hyped for the Gallo pick. He's got 10 homers in his last, uh, let's see, 64... 97 at bats in that stadium so he seems to like the place anyway sorry back to uh wherever we were uh we were about to go to the outfield i think okay i was talking oh, wait, about shorts up? um yeah oh yeah short we, we didn't cover short. oh yeah you were talking about mustakas against gonzalez I'll, I'll, yeah that's a good pick yeah we'll get short in real quick here too uh trey, trey turner's only 4500 as you can hear my my voice is almost shot so we're gonna wrap this up fairly soon uh but trey turner 4500 today going on the road it's against the lefty. He's $1,000 cheaper than Bryce Harper, which gives you an idea of just where Turner's at after missing some time. Uh, it comes down to the same thing I've been saying the whole time. Depending on how cheap you go at pitcher, if you can afford it, great. If you can't, story for $500 less makes some sense going up against Jacob Turner. 4000 is the price there. And even if you don't want to stack Dodgers, Corey Seager at 3300 is a bargain. Yeah, he gets Kane, who uh, doesn't matter where it is, he's vulnerable to the home run, and Seager obviously murders righties, so I'm probably not going to bother with anybody other than the top three hit shortstop, but if I did, I, I think even guys, I think a guy like Defoe is worth considering in a tournament at 3000 uh, otherwise Andrews is, is a more stable option among the lower prices. Yeah, I was 
heavier on Andrews this morning with the weather kind of looking with the wind looking the way it does. I'm a little less excited about him, but you probably still you probably weren't banking on a home run with him specifically though. Like you can imagine no. him getting to home plate and knocking in a couple runs and getting a steal or something. Right. You're looking more for like two for four with an RBI and a run or you know, something with a steal. Because he's cheap, twenty nine hundred. Yeah. Definitely like Andrews a little bit, but just not as excited as I was a bit earlier. Right. Uh, looking now at the outfield, I mentioned Harper, 5500 I feel like he'll be pretty low-owned at that price. Even with, even with cheap pitching you know, crowding up most of the slate, I feel like the interest in him will be low enough where if you do build around Bryce Harper, you may get him at a loner, lower ownership rate than you'd expect at Coors Field. Yeah, if I had to guess, I would think it's probably going to be something like 18 to 20 whereas normally if he's if he were going against a righty it'd be like 65 or something um maybe even more than that so i'll 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 probably be sticking to tournaments today and with that being the case i will likely have a a harper lineup just as i'll likely have a murphy lineup and maybe in the same one i don't know i have to play around with the the finances a bit to pull that off Looking at the, at the other options, Charlie Blackman, forty five hundred. I really like. He's that the play chalkiest one. Yeah, he's going to be the highest owned outfielder. I think. I think he will be too. Uh, his teammate Carlos Gonzalez has had a rough start to begin the year. Thirty nine hundred. I know he got hit by a, a pitch last week, but had a hit in each of the three games against the Giants. Hasn't really taken significant time off. He's been drawing walks. He's not striking out that much. I think Cargo at thirty nine hundred makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, he might not. Maybe if his hand is a little too screwed up, he might not have the home run potential specifically. But this is a great spot for him to to get like you know two doubles and three RBI or something. One one other thought on on some of these Nats hitters. Jason Worth is thirty six hundred. Yeah, you know the Nats played Sunday night in New York, so a late flight out to Denver. Yeah, and a lot of times the first game for a team coming into Coors. They don't hit quite like you'd expect. You're they delirious adjusted. from the, the air pressure or something. Right. Like there's there's some kind of effect when you first get there that you don't necessarily adjust quickly. There so, might be hmm. a case to fade the Nat side. I, I still, with, with Tyler Anderson being a lefty and one who's not pitching all that well, I'm inclined to still use Nats, but maybe a full Nat stack would be going too far tonight. Yeah, I just did not think about that but that's a that's a really good thing to consider i think um now i'm all queasy about my my stupid plan that i had uh but i just, I just want to make everybody really upset yeah um i'm i'm very i'm very mad um but yeah that that's a good thing to think about it that must matter it was a late game they played yesterday and and now they got to travel after not sleeping that much and they're going into this like kind of like a different planet almost um at that elevation so yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to lessen the shares. A li- I'm like, I'm probably going to move off of Zimmerman. Still going to try to keep Murphy and Harper in like one of my two or three lineups. But uh, other than that, lots of things to attack at the Colorado side. Still, even in the outfield, like Para at 3500, definitely in play if he's in the lineup, um, and he should be. Otherwise, um, Nomar Mazzara at 3300 could be even with that wind coming in, could be one of the two or three highest owned at the position, and f- for good reason. I still, I think I. I think I'm willing to take that risk with the wind at 3,300 with him going yeah. against a righty. I am too. I think Mazzara is a, a terrific play. Uh, David Peralta, 3,000 against Julius Chassin at home at Chase Field. I think that's a, a good spot for him. I like Duvall for your Vado stack at 3,100. Uh, crushes righties and, and Garza's a big old turkey. It seems like Duvall gets overlooked all the time. 
His splits probably creep people out and like they 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 probably have like bad memories of picking him against lefties when they thought it was a lock for a homer and it's like no he bats like 210 against them for some reason doesn't make any sense peralta's been on fire lately he's got five multi-hit games in the last six uh, eight hits in the weekend series against the dodgers that three thousand dollar price tag is uh, is a gift uh really when you take a look at it uh domingo santana 2900 tonight you also have a pretty low price on keon broxton so yeah if uh if if uh, hernan perez is in i think he's in play um he's probably really cheap because he barely 2500 so yeah those I like those Brewers righties as a way of uh, saving a little cash and uh, getting pretty pretty good subtle home run potential out of them anyway. Yeah, I think if you are are fading Amir Garrett, there are lots of cheap ways to do it, uh, as we've been talking about. Uh, initially, I kind of liked Alex Gordon as a cheap play going up against Miguel Gonzalez, but if he's dropped in the order, you know the power hasn't really been there. I, I think maybe it's just time for me to give up the dream on Alex Gordon. Yeah, he seems kind of toast. Uh, doesn't really seem to do much other than walk. Like that's about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I won't be picking him. I'll be. I probably will be staying away from the Royals, even though uh, the Mustakas and, and Moss picks make sense for home run potential individually. I don't think they're going to score a lot as a team. Just doesn't seem like something they're capable of these days. Yeah, so it's you know it's kind of a, a mess. A little lower down. I don't really see a lot that I like. A sub 2500 tonight in the outfield you probably much. want to pay up a little more of a premium tonight but you mentioned hernan perez if he's in there he's had know. a cold year but he i still believe in that guy i still think he's a very good utility guy and he, he's got subtle pop subtle speed he he, he, was, he was a beast last year and I, I think he's more that player than the one he was this year yeah i, I think so too i mean i think the, the speed being what it is and that team being built the way they're built that bodes really well for hernan perez as uh a guy that will contribute uh, pretty consistently when he does get chances. It's going to take an injury. You know, someone's going to yeah, go yeah, on the yeah. DL. Once that happens, he'll play more. Uh, Nick Franklin being on the roster is a little bit of a concern. He only that, hits righties, I guess. Yeah, so they they're kind of like opposite pieces, yeah. and they got rid of Kirk Newenheis. So it, it's look it looks like it's okay for Hernan Perez if you're looking for that cheap. Speed. Not really much in season long, but in, in DFS if he gets the the right matchup. But yeah, otherwise that that game in general is so affordable. Like even Shebler two times in two days makes makes a lot of sense billy hamilton's pretty cheap for a guy who's going against garza and can steal twice yeah yeah i think picking on garza makes a lot of sense baseball fans the wait is over baseball is back which means FanDuel is back and it's better than ever fantasy baseball for everyday fans new contests starting every day no busted seasons just pick a contest choose your team and compete against other fans New for this year, we have late swap contests. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual game. No more worrying about a sudden storm or a late lineup scratch. There are also non-late swap contests that are still available as well. Updated scoring includes quality starts, so you're not chasing wins quite the same way. Pitchers have more control over their performance. And you've got friends mode as well. You can create a league for your friends, choose the day as you play each week. New contests are created automatically, plus a leaderboard that will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. I've been going more 50-50s in tournaments this year, as I continue to say. Uh, going to be a lighter day for me today, but Tuesday is usually a heavy day, so probably going to have a good mix of GPPs and cash games coming up on Tuesday. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users. Deposit today. And you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash RW.
W. It's going to wrap things up for the Monday episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.